0: The power of food as medicine, what to eat and why when it comes to your well-being. I'm Natalie Tisdall, a journalist who decided enough is enough. I left a career that looked glamorous to do what I was scared of doing, going out on my own. I'm a married working mom of three. On this podcast, we're going to talk about issues that really matter. Why am I not sleeping? What's up with that diet everyone's talking about? Are my kids falling behind? How do I leave that job and start over? Welcome to the Natalie Tisdall podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Hi everyone, it's Natalie. It's fall, it's starting to cool down and sure enough, within the first few weeks of school, my son and I got sick. I just so happened to have a COVID test from two years ago, stuffed away in the closet. And although it felt like we just had yucky colds, I was curious and guess what? it was COVID. We recovered within the week and we're all just fine now, but it got me thinking about fueling our bodies with the right foods so we can fight off illness. So much of our health is how we take care of our bodies each and every day, like building a strong foundation to your house, but in this case, your body, so you're able to ward off and fight the storms or fight the germs and illnesses that come our way. In this special episode, I am thrilled to have Dr. William Leon. You might remember him as this is a pre-recorded episode from last year, early last year, but I want to readdress the information and the topics that we can learn from by hearing it all again. That's why I bring people back in some of these special episodes. His insights were incredibly well received by all of you, immensely valuable. And let me tell you a little bit more about him. Dr. William Lee is not your run-of-the-mill physician and scientist. He is the author of the New York Times bestseller, Eat to Beat Disease, the new science of how your body can heal itself. His work is groundbreaking having paved the way for over 30 innovative medical treatments. These treatments have had a profound impact on more than 70 diseases ranging from cancer and diabetes to blindness, heart disease, and obesity. Dr. Lee's TED Talk, Can We Eat to Starve Cancer? It's gone viral. Maybe you've seen it. It has at least 11 million views, and I'm sure more by now. You might have also seen him on Good Morning America, CNN, CNBC, Dr. Oz, all of the big shows out there, and uh, many magazines and articles as well. So Grab your headphones, tune in as we have a very informative chat today with Dr. Lee. He's gonna be exploring the fascinating idea that food is medicine and how very specific foods can boost your body's defenses. And we'll even dive into the truth about supplements, proteins, and keto diets. Let's get started today with Dr. William Lee. Dr. Lee, thanks for taking the time today I love what you specialize in, and I have so much I want to ask you, but let's start with this idea of food as medicine. I spent many years as a health reporter, and I think a lot of people think I need a drug or I need a specialist, but there are things we can do in our everyday life that are some of the best forms of medicine out there.
1: Yeah. Well, Natalie, let me tell you as a physician, the natural go-to bag that we all reach for in healthcare, speaking as a doctor, is to go for the prescription or to go for the referral to the specialist. But I think that's really a kind of a view of the rear view mirror, because now what even medical doctors are beginning to understand is that diet and lifestyle plays a tremendous role in shaping how we feel and how healthy we are inside. Because one of the questions that I think food as medicine gets to is what is health? Itself, Health isn't just the absence of disease, Mm -hmm. which, you know, that's how we normally think about it. But in fact, health is a result of something and the health is a result of our body's own defenses that protect us against diseases, everything from colds to COVID, cancer to cardiovascular disease, those health defenses can be fed by the foods and influenced by the foods that we eat. And that's really where the, food, the world of food as medicine is going. It's not about a superfood. It's about the superbody and what foods we can feed that those hardwired health defenses that can allow us to actually be not only healthy, but to resist the diseases that we fear the most
0: are some of the foods you talk about that can be used as medicine universal because it does seem like certain certain things are better for certain people but is that is that marketing is that something that we've learned i shouldn't have gluten or i should have more proteins or uh, give me an example i mean when you talk about food as medicine what are you talking about
1: right well you know what you're what you're asking me to explain is exactly what people need to actually reframe their own thinking when you talk about food as medicine, the first thing that you want to think about, well, so tell me the top three foods that I should be eating. And 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 then then and then the question is, is that true for everyone? Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about truths for everyone. All of us, when we were in our mom's womb, were developing as a ball of cells. And when the same time our chins formed, our ears formed, our hearts, livers, spleens, and brains all got put together so too were formed our body's health defense systems. And I'll tell you, there's five of them that, that I write about in my book, Eat to Beat Disease, that are so fundamental. Number one is a defense called angiogenesis. It's our circulation. As adults, we have 60,000 miles worth of blood vessels in our body. And, our, and these are the highways and byways to take the air, the oxygen we breathe, and the food that we eat, the nutrients, to every single cell and feeds them. And so that's one of our health defenses. Our stem cells... These are the leftover cells that formed our body parts that when we were born we had extras overage kind of like extra cans of paint after Mm -hmm. you finish painting a room you put them in the garage well in our body our extra stem cells got packed away in our bone marrow to be called out when we need to repair ourselves from the inside and foods can impact that as well our gut microbiome we all hear about gut health and how Mm -hmm. important that is tip of the iceberg from a research perspective to know just how important our gut bacteria is to our brain, our emotional health, mental health, inflammation, metabolism, our ability to heal, our ability to resist cancer. Our gut is another health dependent system. Our DNA not more than a genetic uh, code, it's actually protects us from the environment, both sort of the outdoor environment and and also the things that we feed ourselves that might not be so good. And our immune system. Over the last couple of years, everybody has gotten a better appreciation of how important Absolutely. it is. Absolutely. Yeah. So those actually are the hardwired systems against, pick a food, we can talk about any food, or if you you want me to actually throw a couple of foods out there, and I can tell you how they actually, how they impact the health defense systems.
0: Hi, everyone. It's Natalie. I'm excited to let you know that I'm opening up spaces for collaboration and advertising and sponsorship on this podcast and on my YouTube channel. If you're a brand looking to grow in the wellness, family, or mindfulness spaces, I would love to collaborate with you. You can find a link to get in touch with me in the show notes, and you can always find out more about what I'm up to on NatalieTisdall.com. Well, let's let's pick a few then. I always think if I'm eating a nice, colorful salad, I'm doing my body good. Am I?
1: Absolutely. Well, look, plant based foods actually most of them contain chemicals. They're called bioactives, and these bioactives are Mother Nature's pharmacy. With not with a pH, but with an F, because when plants were developed evolved, they developed these chemicals that were actually help de- defenses for the plant themselves. For example, they allowed the uh, plant to uh, repel insects as an insecticide, a natural pesticide, or they were uh, able to help protect the plant by attracting pollinators, bees and moths Mm -hmm. so that they could actually have sexual reproduction and they could be fertilized and, and the seeds dispersed elsewhere. Okay. When humans started to eat these plants in a colorful salad, these natural chemicals, which could be, I mean, I can name a bunch of them, the carotenoids, the lycopene Mm -hmm. in a tomato, or the sulforaphane in a broccoli, or the anthocyanins in a blueberry. The actual Mm -hmm. chemical names are not so important, except for people to know, we're beginning to discover what these things are. When we, when humans started to eat these plants, those natural chemicals had another job description. They found another job and that is to work inside our body. And many times they activate one of our health defenses, better circulation, Help us regenerate, help our gut health, help us protect against the environment, help our immunity. And that's really the exciting part is the discovery of which foods do what.
0: Are there things in our modern culture that we have been programmed to think are good for us and they're not? I, there's so much in the supplementation world or proteins, or are there some things scientifically where you're from where you're like, we've been told these are good for us, but they're really not.
1: I'll give you like the simplest popular notion out there, which is that, you know, keto is the way to go. Mm -hmm. I will tell you that, you know, a keto diet's okay. It's really unsustainable. and, And actually it's not that healthy for you in the long run, by any means, every medical student learning to become a doctor learns that ketones in the body are sort of a desperate attempt for your body when it's in diabetic crisis to make sure your brain doesn't die and has enough fuel. And so when I first heard about keto, and of course, there are some, there are some adaptations that might be useful for treating cancer, for example, in some cancer patients, but in general, you know, for a, a young healthy person to say, I'm going to go keto. Cause I want to actually get as many ketones in the body as I want to me. I, I, what I basically tell people, you know, that's like a crisis and for people in diabetes, mm-hmm. that's not what your body wants to do. We can leverage that to a lesser extent, but any concept like that, that becomes popularized and then turn into an extreme tends not to be particularly good for you. Actually, what health, what's really better for health, Natalie, is things that are more mainstream that people can get behind that is, that is more moderate in nature And yeah, it does involve eating mostly whole food, plant-based stuff, but not exclusively. You don't have to be a vegan to enjoy healthy food.
0: What about things that are working against us? Or as I like to say to my kids, like that's just like sugar food or dead food. Like you're just, it's not, it's not doing any good for your body. What are the things you would say we should start cutting out or try to avoid?
1: Okay. So so I most of my research is actually focused on what are the good things we should add to our diet because there's so much attention has been paid Mm on what to cut out that said, there are some core foundational things that everyone needs to know about. You need to cut down or cut out. And I'm not, again, I'm not, I'm not about deprivation. I'm just sort of saying, look, we all have the agency to actually make better decisions for ourselves. So here are some things that I would say um, should be red flags uh, when they actually appear in front of you on the table. Number one, soda, very popular, you know, every can of soda regular soda has like 10 teaspoons of refined sugar added to it. Yeah. So here's what I tell people, go ahead and pull out, you know, your, your sugar jar and take out a teaspoon and an empty glass and just put 10 of those things in there. Okay. Now fill it up with water. Do you feel like drinking that? Probably not. Okay. That sounds disgusting. And yet that's actually what's in a typical uh, can of soda. So yeah. what does that sugar do? Look, our body needs sugar. Our body generates sugar we need it for energy so sugar isn't universally bad but overloading on sugar which anybody can realize a can of soda would do is bad because it's overloading your body how do i help people understand that look gasoline is good for your car if you drive a fuel uh, car so you go to the gas pump and you actually put the, the nozzle into your tank and you click it and you're filling it up right now that's filling up the tank we need sugar in our tank okay in our body But imagine if there wasn't that mechanism that stopped the filling of the Mm -hmm. tank when it was full. Okay. Imagine if the thing just kept on running and fuel spilled right out of your car, right down your pant legs, around the wheels, and it'd be a dangerous, flammable mixture. And that's what added sugar does to you. You way overload on sugar. That is actually harmful to your gut microbiome. It poisons your circulation, damages your blood vessels stuns your stem cells, lowers your immunity and so all your defenses get taken down. It's like lowering your shields for health. Another thing that I think, you know, that people need to know about is ultra-processed foods. What's an ultra-processed food? I mean, first of all, I want to make a distinction. Processed foods is anything that we take from its native state and put it into a mixing bowl and, you know, right. add, do anything to it. So I'm not talking about processing foods. We all process foods. Cooking it processes it. What I'm talking about ultra processed foods where, where some factory someplace is taking perfectly good ingredients, reducing them and turning them into a form that we wouldn't recognize and then extruding them through a machine right. so that they're in a form that then is pound pounded with chemicals for preservatives and coloring and flavoring and stability. Yeah, you know, yeah. a, a, an, an ultra processed food is what you go into the middle aisle of the grocery store for. It comes in a box, comes in a bag, comes in a can. And you open it up and you look at the side. And I tell people, you have to look at the ingredients of so anything you buy. And it's got like 20 or more ingredients and half of them you can't pronounce. And you don't know what they're there for. That's an ultra processed food. Yeah. Yeah. Ultra processed foods have been linked to higher rates of diabetes, higher rates of obesity, higher rates of cancer. Okay. And what we do know from research from food as medicine research is they wreck your health defenses they take them down. So cut those down, cut them out. We're all human, we're all gonna kind of, you know, munch on something every now and then, and that's okay. But if you spend most of your time shoring up your health defenses, you're going to be in a better way.
0: And it's a habit for so many people. We can cut the soda habit or some of those other habits. We'll do ourselves so much good. So, okay, I want to dive into a couple of other things. First of all, you talk about preventing and being able to truly change your life in not having diseases. And you give an example of many of those. Can we really, even if we're genetically predisposed, say our there's say, a family history of certain diseases. Can we really change that? And what types of diseases can we change given food as medicine?
1: Absolutely. Let, let's go right for the throat on this and talk about cancer. Okay, okay? Cancer is a word that strikes fear in anyone, yep. even healthy people. It, it's become sort of this monster presence for us as humans when, when we think about health and disease. And yet most people don't know that in fact we're forming cancers all the time. Everyone watching this has tiny little microscopic cancers forming in their body like pimples. And that's because our bodies are made of 40 trillion cells, healthy cells, and they have to divide and reproduce themselves, copy paste function, mm-hmm. you know, in, on a word document every single day. That's why we're still around tomorrow. We're copying pasting ourselves. Yeah. But if those that copy paste makes even one mistake, one or two mistakes, you got a microscopic cancer. And so these are happening 10,000 times a day. You got a mistake. We all have a mistake making happening in our body. That's 43 trillion, 40 trillion times. we got to re- reproduce 10,000. That's actually, that's actually not that much, but the good news is our body fixes those mistakes. Okay. And, but when they form, they form these little microscopic cancers that cannot grow beyond the size of the tip of a ballpoint pen because they don't have a blood supply. They're tiny, They're, they they just can't get any bigger. And what happens is that then our immune system swings by like cops on a beat. I say that that abnormal cell, which is like a pimple. Look, if you saw a pimple on your face, you might pay attention to it. If you had a pimple on your back, you wouldn't even know it's there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But the immune system knows that these little pimply microscopic cancers are lurking around. They're like cops doing surveillance in a neighborhood. They see a little microscopic cancer, is like somebody it looks like a drug dealer on the corner. They don't even have to have admitted a crime. They're getting in the paddy wagon, and the immune system takes them away and gets rid of them. And that's how that's that's actually how we deal with these microscopic cancers all day long. Now, even if you're genetically predisposed to develop cancers—colon cancer, breast cancer, mm-hmm. pancreatic cancer, mm-hmm. even brain tumors—the reality is, if we can help our bodies prevent blood vessels from feeding those cancers, it's going to be a lot harder for them the grow up. If we can shore up our immune systems so the cops on a beat can clear them, put them in a paddy wagon and take out the small cancers more quickly, that tips the balance in our favor against the cancer, the risk of cancer. And that's really what cancer prevention is all about diet and lifestyle can take odds that you may be born with that seemingly are against you but here's where we can fight back. We can live healthier lifestyles to tip those scales. Yeah. There are yeah. no absolutes. And that's where foods like um, that, that we can eat uh, can actually help do that.
0: So, what I'm hearing you say is building up our immune systems, the cops on the beat, the paddy wagon, that's the key because all of these things. And so, I want to get into another topic, talk about cancer, talk about anything. If our immune system's working as it should, should be fighting those things. So the topic I want to get into, because I know you've done a lot of research on COVID-19 and when it first came out. And tell me about some of that research and what you discovered and how building up our immune system can help us with this fight that it seems like we're going to continue fighting in our society.
1: Yeah, and it actually goes way beyond immune immune system because when, I'll just tell you the, uh, the snapshot of the story. COVID is a new human disease just two years old. I mean, think about those textbooks that medical doctors memorize in terms of their whole careers. All of a sudden, doctors knew nothing. Uh, We all were at uh, ground zero, like with no knowledge at all. And so what's been remarkable is the researchers, myself and others diving in to try to figure out what can we understand about what is going on with this disease. It's a respiratory illness. But one of the things that I discovered along with my team, my research team is that this coronavirus gets into our lungs and our airways. And not only does it damage our lungs, can it set up in our lungs, it can crawl into our blood vessels and damage our circulation. And because our circulation is a 60,000 mile uh, system of highways and byways that bring blood everywhere, it can can allow the virus to affect our brain, our uh, kidneys, our hearts, I mean, even our testicles. And so this is one of the profound things that, not talked a lot about, uh, you know. Most people don't are so fatigued with the pandemic; they don't want to think about it anymore. But for those of us who are doing the research, what we w- want to say is that you know we've learned a lot about the vulnerabilities of the human body, and one of the things we want to do is protect our blood vessels so that the corona, and also boost our immune system to try mm-hmm. to resist as much as we can the the risk of infection. So now, what I'm doing, what I've been doing, is looking at long COVID. Now, long COVID is sort of the You've recovered from the acute COVID long ago, and it's months, maybe even a year or more where you're still struggling, brain fog, trouble, breathing, mm-hmm. weakness, racing heart. I mean, there's a hundred different symptoms. We're finding out that that is also the residual, the long tail of COVID. Even when you can't find any more virus, your blood vessels have been damaged. Your You've got autoimmunity and chronic inflammation, and your nerves have been damaged as well. Mm-hmm here's an opportunity from a research perspective to figure out how to fix them now there will be in the future drug companies that are going to come up with ways to repair it in the meantime food as medicine may be an early rescue they may be the emts to this mm-hmm. you know and and the emts are bringing foods that can we know can help to repair blood vessels, can help to lower inflammation, can uh, mitigate autoimmunity. Those are things that actually might be really helpful for those of us who are suffering and don't know what else to do, that we can actually take some steps that are practical, that you know, open the refrigerator and there might be a solution right there.
0: It's so interesting. I, every day I hear more people who are saying, you know, I have this issue, maybe it's long COVID the memory you said, or I mean, so much so people who have said dry skin or nervous system issues are all kinds of things. I think now we're all looking for a reason for some of those things. Maybe they are COVID related. We don't know. But again, what I'm hearing you say is the food can help us with all of those things and any potential issue we might have in the future, be it COVID or, or something else.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, and just to build a little bit on what we were talking about earlier, remember I told you your, your blood vessels are a health defense system. Yeah, We know COVID can damage that. So let's repair, let's use foods to repair that to whatever extent we can. I told you that COVID obviously can uh, damage your immune system and cause some autoimmunity. That's, that's for sure. You know, autoantibodies, it's, it's almost like a disease that tries to give us lupus. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so we do know that there are foods that can sort of help to turn down the volume of our immune response and lower inflammation. Let's take a look at how we can apply those to help repair as well. We also know that we know there is organ damage and we know that there, that our body repairs organ damage from the inside out. And this is through our stem cells. Those extra cans of paint that we were talking about earlier. Mm. Uh, When you're painting your room in the garage, that's instead in our bone marrow, there are foods that can call out those repair cells to speed things up. And by the way, some good news, some of the, one of the most powerful foods that can do that is dark chocolate. Oh, Uh, good. (laughs) I'm in luck. (laughs) Mother nature is actually uh, imbued into dark chocolate, at least two things. One is a natural chemical called an anthocyanidin, and it actually calls out stem cells uh, to help affect better repair and it actually causes better circulation. And the other thing is dietary fiber. So if you go for dark chocolate, 80% or more, there's fiber from the cacao, because you know a candy bar is a convection, but dark chocolate is mostly the plant-based stuff that's got fiber in it, feed your gut microbiome. The gut microbiome, when you feed your bacteria in your gut, it's 39 trillion bacteria in, your, in, your, in our gut. Most of them are good bacteria that take care of us. By the way, I'll tell you, when I was in medical school, right? The professors all told us, you know, we're going to learn about bacteria now. And then we're going to tell you about antibiotics to kill those bacteria because we want to get rid of all the bad bacteria in the body. We spent years memorizing uh, what bacteria you want to kill with what antibiotic. And it turns out now in today's world, most of the bacteria that we have in our body are good bacteria. And so we don't want to destroy to those. Them. With, yeah. We don't want to kill them. We want to keep them around. Yeah. And yeah. when you feed your good bacteria with dietary fiber of which cacao is one of them, but there's other things, dark leafy greens, kiwi, bok choy, all great sources of dietary fiber, the bacteria are actually eating the dietary fiber. Mm-hmm. And when they're fed, so we provide our bacteria room and board, we let them mm-hmm. live in our gut and then we feed them after we absorb this stuff. Everything else goes down to the bacteria. They eat seconds like the kids' table or yeah. maybe the house yeah. table. And so then, then they, they eat second. And when they're happily fed, they our gut, healthy gut bacteria produce substances in our bloodstream that lower inflammation, help our metabolism. And so here's an example of how a single food, and I just use chocolate as one pleasant example, can actually activate our health defenses and start to affect repair. And so this idea of long COVID and what's causing, we're beginning to get to the bottom of it. We still got a long way to go, but at least what we know, fixing blood vessels, lowering inflammation and an autoimmunity and, and trying to get organ repair. These are things that we know foods can actually help with.
0: Yeah. It's so fascinating. And I love the idea and how you paint this picture in your book and everything you do that we should be consuming to help ourselves, not just to, have an immediate gratification. We are a society of immediate gratification, right? Like I I want that junk. So I I just love that. Can you give me an example of what a typical day for you or your patients might look like, what your meals and snacks. And I, I just like to give people an idea. We've said a lot of good things. I think generally we know we should reach for the healthier things, but paint a picture for me, an example of a day.
1: Yeah, well, listen. i i I get asked all the time, "Hey, Doctor Lee, what do you eat?" and and I will be very honest with you. First of all, I'm. I'm not an extremist, so I'm not a vegan. Uh, I'm not a carnivore. I'm an omnivore, and and I and I and I'm also a foodie. So I appreciate food. I love to explore food. I love great taste of food, but I don't overeat. Okay, I don't stuff myself to the gills. And I would say the basic principles of how I eat really fit well within kind of the Mediterranean pattern of eating and the Asian mm. pattern of eating. And all of those, of those are based on eating lots of plant-based foods, although some other things like seafood and occasionally some meats and some dairies eating seasonally and le- eating regionally, meaning what's going around me where, wherever I live, wh- where what kind of food is nearby mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and whatever time it is, what time of the year is it where the stuff is going to be freshest? Yeah. And yeah, then i go yeah. for what i want to eat what i feel like eating not not sort of from a impulse perspective but really from a i guess you know a little bit of a gastronomical perspective by that i mean to say what am i going to feel really satisfying to eat right mm-hmm. now and to take the time to think about that so i'm not you know i'm i'm, I'm not just reaching for a bag of chips because i want to have something salty and crunchy in my yeah. mouth but like what's going to be and then finally I, I lay in like, okay, based on my knowledge of food as medicine, what what could be healthy? So I literally go through that thing and and I and and I never stress out about my food. I think people who stress about foods mm-hmm. are doing themselves a disservice because we should lean into our food and love our food in order to love our health. That's my motto. Love your food to love your health. Yes. So what's my typical day like? Listen, I get up and I'll drink. I'll usually I used to live in Italy, so I I love to have a, a cup of espresso sometimes a double espresso. Mm -hmm. And and I'll show you, I wind up the day with a cup of tea, usually green tea. And I know that there in coffee, there's something called chlorogenic acid that actually slows cellular aging. It's also good for the immune system. It also improves my metabolism. So I uh, drink that. I don't add sugar to my coffee, nor do I add cream to my coffee. Why? Because the dairy, well, sugar, for the obvious reasons we talked about, the dairy, those soap bubbles from fat, dairy fat, Will wrap themselves around that chlorogenic acid, the good stuff from Mother Nature. So when you swig it, when you down a cup of coffee, for example, the the, the good stuff, the nice chemical of chlorogenic acid is trapped in the soap bubble and it just rolls right down through your gut and you don't absorb as much into your bloodstream. Oh, interesting. So
0: that might be a hard one for many people, including myself, to cut out.
1: But <laughs> all like the milk is them. fine. Yeah. Almond milk is fine. Okay. Yeah. It's fine. Nut milks are fine. It's just a dairy fat. Okay. That well, that's that. good. Yes. I, I try to have some fruit for breakfast, mm-hmm. uh, a kiwi. I love, I love to eat kiwi seasonally. If it's in the winter time or coming out of it, you know, I'd have a, you know, one of those oranges you can just peel open and, Easy. and, uh, and eat. I, I try to eat lightly in the morning. At lunch, I will sometimes have leftover from dinner, but the night before, which I've then thought through what I'm gonna have. I don't use the microwave, by the way. I don't like to use the microwave to nuke my food and for the following reason. It turns out that the microwave can heat, especially for starches, can heat the sugar molecules, the carbohydrates and starch to a temperature that shouldn't exist on earth. So it's really high. Mm. And at that high temperature, it's like your microwave becomes a factory. It turns the, the starch and carbohydrates into a polymer, into a plastic. Wow! And now when you eat it, I mean, think about pizza crust in the microwave, right? It's like right, just hardens, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah,
1: right. You've turned it into a plastic. Now when you eat that, you've kind of created a forever chemical from food that your body has a hard time getting rid of. So I will heat liquid in the microwave, but not. Re- I try not to heat solid food or you know chunky stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So again, you know, these are there's so many tips, and then at, at dinner, I'll, I'll tell you how I design. I like to cook, but here's how I design my meal, and there's no. Like I I don't fall into a box. I'm not a robot when it comes to how to eat. I plan my meal starting with the vegetable.
0: Okay. Great way to start. Mm -hmm. So
1: instead of saying, you know, like people go like, what's your protein and say, well, it's going to be salmon or it's going to be a steak or it's going to be chicken. I go for the vegetable first. And I try to think what kind of vegetable I can get. That's going to be healthiest. And it doesn't have to be the main vegetable, but I want to focus my plan first on that vegetable. If it's going to be bok choy, it's going to be spinach. If it's going to be kale, if it's going to be fennel. And then I try to build the rest of my plate, my my meal around that.
0: That's a great way I, I mean, for my family, my husband in particular, it's like, what are we having for the meat first? And then I'm just trying to fill in the gaps. So I like this idea of a main vegetable first.
1: Yeah. yeah. And you know, what I tell people is that, you know, the way I wrote my, in my book, Eat to Beat Disease, I created... Effectively shopping lists. There's lots and tables and charts in there. What I tell people: take out a sharpie, go straight for the tables and charts. You can rest assured I put only healthy foods in there that activate your health defenses, and start circling the ones that you already love. Then I tell them: take out your cell phone and take a photograph of those of what you circled. All right, and then go to the store, or when you're at a restaurant, pop open your phone and take a look at what you circled. And you circle the things that you like that are already healthy for you. So you start there; you're way ahead of the game.
0: So you mentioned you mentioned your book a few times. I'm going to put the uh, link in our show notes so that people can get straight to that. But where can people get some more information and follow you for these tips?
1: Oh well, look, this is a swiftly changing river of information and knowledge. And one of the things that I do as a food as medicine researcher is to kind of curate that critically look through it. And then uh, if you want to learn more about it, you can come to my website. It's Dr. Dr. William Lee, L I Dr. William Lee.com. You can follow me on social, my handles at Dr. William Lee. And I, you know, sign up for my newsletter. I put out new information all the time from the latest research that's out there. And I also teach these masterclasses. As I told you, I started during the Early days of the pandemic, because I wanted to, I just felt like a sense of mission. There's information that people can use. It needs to be out there. What should I be choosing? Why should I be choosing it? And what does it do for me? And so, you know, if you're interested in that, please sign up. It's always a pleasure to be able to do it. And I, what's really cool is that I've had people from all around the world. I probably had 50,000 people so far from more than 40 countries attend my um, master classes. And for me, one of the upsides of the last couple of years is we learned how to communicate virtually and digitally. And this is a way that everyone can learn something.
0: And here we are doing it this because of the pandemic for myself as well. I I love your mission. You have such a great way of describing these things and giving examples. And I just appreciate you taking the time. I learned a lot today. I'm going to implement some new things and I hope everyone else does as well. Let's stay in touch. Okay, Dr. Lee.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: All right. Great to see you. Thank you for joining the Natalie Tisdale Podcast. You can follow along on Instagram and at natalietisdall.com. Subscribe to the show to catch every new episode and leave a review so I can continue to bring you fresh content. See you next week.